0: thank you God God we bless you we love you God with all of our hearts you've been better to us than we've been to ourselves you are indeed a good good God and God we give you the glory and God we give you the praise send Jesus mighty name we do pray can somebody shout real loud amen can you say amen again? Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. And can we clap for the worship on this morning? Amen. Setting the atmosphere. Amen. We thank God for each of you being here today. I guess you're looking around the sanctuary, see the tables and the chairs. You wonder what in the world is going on? Well, for one, we just do things differently here at Elevate Church. Two, we had our vision brunch on yesterday and on tomorrow is our graduation for our work life program amen amen Amen. 16 classes 8 weeks they have endured and now they're graduating on tomorrow so we're setting up so in lieu of us tearing down and setting back up again I say you know what we're just going to have service like it is amen praise God hallelujah amen glory to God amen so if you had the labor to do all of this then you would also be so happy that we left it as it was or as it is shall I say amen for all of our first second and reoccurring guests that are here with us on this morning if this is your first second or reoccurring time uh here with us this morning would you slip your hand in the air if that's you amen praise the Lord hallelujah Amen, amen on this side too, so if you're here for the first, second, or reoccurring time, one of our sanctuary hosts will place a card in your hand, it's a connect card, so if you did not receive one upon your entry, go ahead, leave your hand lifted in the air, Uh, Nick also, yeah, can I get, amen. Uh, uh, Keep your hand lifted in the air until you receive that card. Fill it out in its entirety, and then you can turn it back in at the end of service. Uh, On the back of the card is a place for comments as well as prayer requests. We would like to be praying with you and for you during this season. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. I'm excited God uh, moved profoundly on yesterday during our vision meeting and uh, just really declaring what God's going to do. In and through Elevate Church in 2022. And uh, it turned out to be more of a move of God on yesterday than just a mentioning of what God's going to do. The spirit of God just rested in the place and people were touched on yesterday. So it was amazing, amazing time. Uh, you are a part of an amazing church. I think you need to know that this morning. Amen. And I'm not just saying that because I'm the pastor, but you are part of an amazing church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we thank God. On next week, we are going to be elevating some individuals who are part of the ministry as we uh, elevate them into the office and the position that God has ordained and anointed them to be in. So next week will be a time of ordination and elevation here at Elevate Church. Amen. So we're excited about that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So we thank God for that. Uh, and then on Friday, I don't know if it was mentioned earlier, but it's our kamioki night. Amen. Yeah. We're going to have a good time and laugh on Friday. And then Saturday will be uh, our drive in movie theater night. So kamioki on Friday. And uh, it will kick off uh, roughly at 7 o'clock. It is an admission fee to be a part, but it's going to be a grand time. You can go over to our Facebook page, click on the event bright link, and you can purchase your tickets there. But it's going to be an amazing time. And then on Saturday, amen. Somebody shout Saturday. Saturday is our drive-in movie theater night. It, it has drawn at 7, but we're going to push it up to 6.30 because it does get a little darker earlier. Uh, so we'll be out there. It's going to be an amazing time. Let's get ready for the word. Are you ready for the word? Tell your neighbor, I'm ready for the word. Ask your neighbor, are you ready for the word? Somebody shout, I'm ready for the word. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, y'all having more conversation than what I said. (laughs) Amen. Get your mind right Praise God. Amen. Let's jump into the word of God on this morning. Grab your Bibles all over the place. We're going to go to Psalms, the book of Psalms, number 77, verse number 13 is where we'll begin. Uh, Hold your finger there, then jump over to Ephesians chapter number three. So we're going to start in Ephesians chapter number three and then go back over to Psalms number 77. Amen. When you have it, stand to your feet or even better yet, while you're looking, stand as you're looking. If you're waiting for me to put it on the screen, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to have Bibles for a Christmas present for all the thank you, Jesus, people in the house. Amen. Psalms number 77 as well as Ephesians chapter number 3 verse number 20. Hear this. If you don't expect to see something happen, see something happen, then you might miss it when it does. Amen. If you don't expect to see something happen, then you will miss it when it does happen. Tell your neighbor, don't miss this. We have to have a high expectation. Of what God's going to do. Because if you don't expect it when it happens. You're going to miss it. It'll be right before your eyes. But it'll pass right before you. Because you weren't expecting it. And God wants to do something great in this season. But you have to expect it. If it's healing you're looking for. You have to expect healing. Have to expect it. If it's provision you're looking for, then you have to expect it. If you're looking for reconciliation in a relationship, you have to expect it. You're waiting for them to call. Pick up the phone and call them. How quiet. You're waiting for forgiveness. Why don't you go ahead and forgive them on the front end? You've got to expect it. Somebody shall expect it. Whatever it is that God wants to do in your life, you have to have an expectation of it because God will do it and you will miss it. Abraham goes up to the mountaintop to sacrifice his only son at the time. Well, he considered his only son. He had Ishmael, but to him, this was the son that God had promised him. And on the way up the mountaintop, he's he's telling his son that God will provide for himself a sacrifice. And as he get to the mountaintop, he missed God's provision. Because the ram was already in the bush. But you know how it is at times when you're going uh, against the grain or you have this heavy assignment ahead of you and you miss the provision around you because you're so focused on that. He was so mindful of losing his son that he missed that God was already providing for himself his own sacrifice. So you got to expect it. Matter of fact, he declared it with his own mouth. God will provide for himself. So you know what he should have been doing? Looking for the provision. It's got to be around here somewhere. It's got to be here somewhere because if God assigned me to assignment, watch this, he's also going to give me the provision for the assignment he's assigned me to. Okay. Tell your name get your expectation up. Repeat after me. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me I am redeemed I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus I am healed no sickness nor disease shall come near my home shout that again no sickness nor disease shall come near my home I'm more than a conqueror I am rich wealth and riches shall be in my house Declare over your neighbor, say, "Wealth and riches shall be in your house." Wake your other neighbor up, say, "Wealth and riches shall be in your house." Proclaim that over your own life, say, "Wealth and riches shall be in this house." Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout, Amen. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 20. Are you there? I gave you a whole lot of time. Praise God. I try to prolong it for all of those who were still looking. Ephesians chapter number 3, verse number 20. Y'all should know this very well. It says, now unto him. <laughs> now unto him. That is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh. Somebody shout, in me. Uh, Let me... Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Somebody shout all. All All that we could ask or think according to the power that works within. No, you got to make it personal. Works within. You got to believe it. He's working in you. Far exceeding that you could ask, think, or even imagine he's working in you. And everything you're experiencing, everything you're going through, God is making a way. Better yet, God has already made a way. But he's waiting for you to accept the way he has made. Psalm number 77. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You turn deserts into oases, rivers into oceans. God, you cause dead bones to come alive. You still perform miracles, and you display your power among your people. Father, we thank you and we bless you. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout, he's able Tell your neighbor, he's able. Indeed, God is able. He performed miracles, and he displays his power among the people. That's the God we serve. Hear this. Listen to me. A miracle is a supernatural event that manifests from a supernatural God as a divine intervention in natural human affairs. That's what a miracle is. A miracle is God supernaturally intervening in human affairs. A a miracle, watch this, has nothing to do with your ability, but everything to do with his ability. Matter of fact, it runs short at the end of your ability. That's when God steps in. It's, It's at the wit's end when the doctors can't even figure a way out God steps in. It's at the wit's end of the economists when when everything is falling apart and there is no resources, no financial gain. God steps in and he makes provision. That's a miracle. A miracle goes beyond your natural ability. It has to be supernatural. Things that people can't even figure out, can't even fathom. That's God intervening. Watch this. That's the sovereignty, grace of God. That God will intervene in human affairs. Yeah, oh he's waiting for you to get out the way. Amen. Amen. You got to preach in but come on up here, man. <laughs> Amen. No. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And he's going to walk with me, too. Amen. Praise God. I have some of your milk. He ain't saying no milk. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Oh, you can stay. Amen praise the Lord, but it's supernatural intervention, right? So this morning, I really want to take my time and teach to you about this wonderful working God that we have who still performs miracles. Can you say amen? Amen. So I begin to think about Jesus and all that Jesus had done. And, And watch, from my study, Jesus Cured 17 bodies in his earthly ministry. 17 times he brought about a healing in somebody's body. About six times of deliverances from demoniac spirits. Uh, it, It was about three times that he raised people from the dead. Uh, you, you remember Jesus walking down the street. He sees this widow woman who has a only son and they're holding a coffin and Jesus comes by. He touches the coffin In Luke chapter number seven. He touches the coffin and he says, boy, get up. And the boy arises. Even the time when he called uh, Jairus daughter back into life. How about the time of Lazarus when he called Lazarus forth out of the tomb? Three times he raised people from the dead. And nine miracles over nature. Where he spoke to fig trees and told them to dry up. He spoke to the winds and the waves and told them to cease. But the Bible also says there were so many things that Jesus had done that there wouldn't be enough books in the world to record. So we see some of these things, but there's so much more. Tell your neighbor there's so much more. more. Yeah, there's so much more that he is able to do. And Jesus in John chapter number 21 says, Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So I want to teach you just for a brief moment. From the thought, he still can. He still can. The God of miracles. Tell your neighbor, he still, can. he still can. Yeah, you have to believe that this morning. I don't know what you're believing God for this morning, but you have to encourage yourself every waking moment, every time the enemy presses in on you, you have to remind yourself God still can. He still can. He, he still can deliver. He still can heal. He still can set free. God still can. In spite of what the theologians say, that God doesn't perform miracles anymore, and there are no more miracles. The reason why they believe that, because they stop believing that God can. A, a, a person who says that there are no miracles is one who don't believe that the God that they serve can perform miracles. Now now hear this, It, it may say somewhat counterintuitive to our time this morning, but God doesn't really want to do miracles. But he finds himself in a precarious, precocious position that he has to perform miracles. See, a miracle again is at the end of your ability to believe that God could have done it in the first place. Ah. Y'all not listening to me. See, a miracle is at the end of your faith that says that, God, I can't do nothing else, so now I trust you. Now God has to step in. But if you have the faith on the front end, then God don't have to step in on the back end. If you believe that you already have the healing already, even though you're sick and you have the diagnosis of only six months to live, but I believe God is going to heal me, then watch this. God don't need to step in on this sixth month or shall I say the fifth month and the thirty day? Because if you already believed it, then you should also receive it. So it's not that God has to come in and step into miracles. You give him the space to do it because you stop believing. Oh God. But he's still he's still able to perform miracles. Because he's the God of miracles. Hear this. Many believe in his name when they saw the miracles of God in their own lives. You believe in his name when you experience the miracle in your own life. And many people have. And many people do. That's why the Bible declares it is the goodness of God that leadeth one unto repentance. Because God has to do In others' lives so that they can believe in him. Amen. So we're going to get into this this morning. And we're going to talk. turn to uh, Mark chapter number 4. And verse number 35. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind. They took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Isn't that somehow Jesus is at peace in the middle of all storms? The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we drown? I mean, really, you think God don't care about you? I mean, they have seen him feed the multitude, fish and bread, because they were like sheep scattered without a shepherd. They were hungry, and he cared enough to feed them. And these disciples are wondering, do you care about us if we're going to drown? Wait a minute. I fed them because they were hungry. How much more will I keep you in the middle of a storm? I love how he responds really in Matthew chapter number 8. His response in chapter number 8 blows my mind. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Ask your neighbor, what kind of man is this? Wives, you need to go home and take your man. What kind of man are you? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You may, you may get you a diamond ring after that. <laughs> Amen. I, I don't know. He <laughs> said, what kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? I don't know what spiritual storm or what storm that you're going through right now in your life. It may be a physical storm that you're going through. It may be an emotional storm that you're going through. It may even be a spiritual storm that you're going through. You have a God that still can perform miracles. Can you say amen to that? Verse number 17 of Matthew Chapter number three, and a voice came from heaven. This is my son whom I love, and him I am well pleased. God is pleased with his son. Why? Because his son was able to perform miracles in the most treacherous times. The storm was about to wipe them out, but Jesus was calm in the storm. See, while we're so frantic and we're so enraged about what's going on in our life, Jesus is sleeping. You know why Jesus was asleep is because he's trusting you to have faith that what he said on the front end is going to happen on the back end. Some of us are disturbing the rest in the peace of Jesus because we didn't believe or we had not reminded ourselves of what he said on the front end. So now we're so tied up and caught up in the consequences of what's happening in our lives that we forget all about what Jesus said. Y'all forgot about Mark. He said, let us go to the other side. You forgot about Mark. He says, listen, we're going to the other side. So that means that no matter what happens from this point to the next point, we still going to make it. No no matter what happens, no matter who falls off, no matter who falls short, no matter what you lose along the way. Guess what, y'all? We're going to the other side. I don't care if the boat falls apart I don't care if the life jackets are none You're going to swim, you're going to make it I don't care if we're surrounded by sharks I don't care if there's piranhas in the water I'm going to hold to what God said on the front end Because it's going to help me get to the back end You You got to remind yourself of what God said And that's really sometimes what distractions are They're trying to pull you away from what you heard from God That's really what sickness is. Sickness is really a distraction. Because what it does is it comes in and gets your eyes focused on the sickness that you forget what God had said. So now I'm fixed on this and I forgot that. That's why poverty is running rampant because you're looking at the poverty. I don't have this. I don't have that. What about the provision he's already made? all of these things are just distractions oh we know John 10 it says that the thief comes but what to kill uh, how about distract detain and detour you yeah. so, so, so what he does is he comes to distract you get you off kilter off focus on the things that God has promised you you're so fixed to focus on this stuff you're missing that stuff I remember in the club days and, uh, B.C. before Christ okay we all had some B.C.s in here so don't be judging me on my testimony some of y'all still in the B.C. And I remember when a fight broke out instead of us going the other way we run to the fight <laughs> y'all know y'all were nosy too when y'all saw the crowd move, you ran to the crowd. What's, what's going on? What's happening? Right? Just a distraction. And that's how Satan does. He gets you focused on the crowd. Can I say this again to you? Don't be moved by the crowd. Be moved by the cloud. Because when you follow the crowd, you become a clown. Uh, when, when you follow the masses that goes in this direction, you miss what God is doing in that direction. So Satan comes to distract you with these minor things in your life, these sicknesses and disease, poverty and lack, rejection and abandonment, persecution and ridicule. All of these things are just distractions. Comes to detour you, take you another route to the point where now you stop believing God and you believe in other gods. Because you feel this God ain't working so you go find yourself another God, you know, a golden calf. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, you, you know another God, uh, you know uh, Beelzebub. You go find some other God that can work according to your time schedule, that will work according to your wills, that will work according to your way and your wants with your selfish self. Yeah, I said it. Uh huh. So you want, you don't want this God who's gonna ha- have you go through the fire and go through the flood just to get into the promised land. You want a God who's gonna make it easy with a bridge and a rainbow. So when it's not working the way you feel it should work, I'm going to find me something else to do. Get you detoured. Wondering and watching for another God. Forgetting that God himself said, I'm well pleased with my son. And if God is pleased with him, guess what? You should be pleased too. And then he looks to detain you. Hold you fixed right where you are. So you won't go into the place that God is calling you. You won't take your faith to another level. You become complacent and complicit with what's already happening. You just say, okay, this, this, this is all God has for me. This is all there is. And you get stuck right there. And you're wondering why the manifestation of God's blessings and glory is not happening. is because God is waiting for you to get up and trust him. Okay. Let's go deeper. Somebody shout deeper. Uh, so here's the question. What if a miracle wasn't the storm Jesus calmed on the outside, but the storm he calmed was on the inside? What, what if the storm that he was looking to quiet, that was raging around them was not the storm that he really was focusing on. Maybe it was the storm on the inside of them. Maybe it was the storm on the inside of you that you really need to be calmed and quiet, but you're so focused on the things around you and Jesus is focused on the things that are in you and you're looking at what's around and he's looking at what's in and you're so focused on the things around that you miss that he's done something within. What what if the storm was the storm raging on the inside of you? And Jesus throws a lifeline to the disciples. Here's the lifeline. We're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. You're not moved by the storms when you're anchored by God's presence. That when God is holding you down, nothing shaking around you can move you. Because you're anchored in his presence. When you cultivate his presence in your life, you're anchored. When you're cultivating the presence of God, you are rock solid anchored. You solidified, And everything else around you is falling and shaking around you and you're just cool as the other side of the pillow. And people wonder, all this hell you're going through and you're still smiling, yes, because I'm anchored in the Lord. You don't lost all of this stuff. You're about to lose your mind. Why aren't you just throwing a pity party? Because I'm praising the God who is still able to perform miracles. He still can in spite of what I'm going through. In spite of what you see, God still can perform miracles. So when we're anchored in his presence. Uh, There's a scripture in Hebrews that says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. And we're secure. Hebrews chapter number six, verse number 19. Psalms 91 says that God is our refuge and we dwell in the shelter of the Lord. Somebody shout, "I'm I'm anchored. I'm anchored. Presence isn't the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. Did y'all hear that? Peace is not the absence of trouble. Peace is the presence of God. So when trouble comes, you still should have peace. Because he's present. Matter of fact, you should expect trouble to come in your life. The Bible says that he that is born of a woman, all his days are filled with When you came out your mother's womb, you were encountering trouble. There was trouble ahead of you. There was trouble prepared for you. There was trouble positioning your pathway. You were going to face trouble regardless of who you think you are. So peace is not the absence of the trouble. Peace is God's presence even in the midst of trouble. That's why you gotta cultivate this presence because it's in his presence is the fullness thereof, it's the fullness of joy. That's why I gotta make sure I stay at the feet of Jesus. Why? It's because in that position, in that posture, I have peace. We're anchored when we remember God's promises. If you can remind yourself what God said, we're going to the other side. That's your anchor. Is the word of God. That's your anchor. Is the word of God. And if you can remind yourselves of the promises, even when you face giants in the land, you got to remember God says, I have a promised land that I'm taking you to. So when the giant rise up, just, go, just look at this giant and say, you know what my God said? <laughs> Did y'all hear that? that when the giants come up and the mountains pop up before you you remember what my God said that I can speak to the mountain and be thou removed so when there's a mountain before you just remind the mountain you ain't got to cry and you ain't got to all mully grub and all of that just remind the mountain you remember what my God said that I can speak to you and you will be moved when Satan come your way just remind him I know you're trying to sift me as wheat, but Satan, the blood of Jesus, rebukes you. Matter of fact, he said that you have a permanent position and it's under my feet. That's all you got to do is remind him of the promises. Remind yourself of the promises of God. Don't let circumstances speak louder than God's word. Don't, don't let the problems around you speak louder than what God has said to you. And that's where we fall short a lot of times in life because we let the problems speak louder than our God. That's why people lose their mind and take their lives because they can't recall the promises of God. And they allow the problems to speak louder than their God speaks. We're anchored when we understand God's process. As a process. And sometimes the wilderness experience is just a process of God. Amen. Some of you right now in the wilderness experience and you're wondering, God, why do I have to go through all this? Why me, God? And you begin to remind God all of what you have done. Why me, God? I preach, I teach, I sow, I give. I fast. Why me, God? Instead of just trusting God's process. Because maybe, just maybe, just possibly God saw something down the road that you didn't see. (laughs) Just maybe God saw some hindrances down the road that will prevent you from pursuing his presence. So God took you another route. It's his process. Maybe God saw the giants in the land and he knew you would grow faint and hard and your faith wouldn't grow. So he took you another route until you got your faith up enough to believe him. But maybe just maybe God said, "I got this promise, but i 'm just going to delay this promise i 'm not going to deny you of the promise i 'm just going to delay the promise because if you go to the promise now, the demons that are guarding your promise don 't wipe you out because you don 't have enough faith to pursue the promise, so i 'm going to take you another route oh there 's giants in the land matter of fact, when in Exodus, when they're coming out of Egypt, God saw the giants in the land. The Bible says He turned them another route. So, what most theologians believe would be a 12 to 13 day journey turning to 40 years. You know why? Because they didn't have enough faith to face the giants. <laughs> they did not have enough faith to face the giants. So, God had to build up their faith in the wilderness. Trust me every day with daily bread. Don't take more than you need. Just trust me for the little. Uh, 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 Trust me for the meat that like quail, will fall from us. I just need you to trust me. Trust me enough to know that I'm your real God and I'll battle on your behalf. The, The battle is not yours. It's mine. So trust me through this process. I need you in this process to get your faith up. We're anchored when we understand God's process. It's his process. My shot is his process. Don't let your circumstances speak louder than God's word in your life. Don't let it. In Romans chapter number five, and I'm closing. Says through him whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God we can boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces what? Perseverance. And perseverance produces what? And character produces hope. It's God's process. So maybe while you're waiting on the miracle that God wants to manifest, You're in the midst of this process, but you still have to know that God still performs miracles. I don't know what you're facing with right now and what you're going through in this season of your life. But what I do know is that we have a God that cares enough about you. That at the very end of your own hope, faith and ability, God is willing to step in. Whatever you're faced with right now. We have a God that still performs miracles. But God is waiting for you to say, God, I trust you enough to do what only you could do. I trust you enough to rely on you to do what only you can do. I believe you're the God of miracles. And even though, God, I have failed at believing and trusting you to the very end. I do trust the fact that when my faith fails, yours does not, does not. When my faith fails, yours don't. So here's the prayer. God, give me the God kind of faith. That I will have the confidence, the confidence in you to believe you all the way till the end. And when the storm rages, I'll still trust you. Uh, hear this before I'm done. You can play softly, Marcus. See, Jesus was doing something greater on the inside than he was doing on the outside. When he was on the boat, he was doing something for a greater watch because they were focusing on what was happening to them that they missed the presence that was with them. They were so focused on the storms, they missed the presence of Jesus. So Jesus did something far greater than quiet the storm. What Jesus did was he quiet the storm on the inside of them because he showed them a side of himself that they missed. That's why they marveled at what kind of man is this that he can even speak to the storms and still find peace. They they missed the fact of his presence like so many of us we focus on the problems but we miss the presence that's why you gotta remind yourself and I hope this be your declaration that he'll never leave me nor forsake me (laughs) you gotta remind yourself he'll neither, neither leave me nor forsake me so every storm you go through just remind yourself he'll never leave me nor forsake me matter of fact the psalmist said this, God, if I make my bed in hell, you are there. You never leave me. When I'm going through hell storms in my life, you are there. We got to cultivate his presence. Because it's in his presence that the powers of the enemy cannot prevail in your life. Father, now in the name of Jesus, you are the God of miracles, signs and wonders. And, Lord, you have declared that them that believe miracles, signs, and wonders shall follow them. So, Father, today, as believers in this house, we look over our shoulder to see the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. And of which, God, we boast in you and we glorify you. Because we know, God, only you can do what you can do. So, Father, for every sick body, we declare healing and wholeness in their life now in the name of Jesus. For every broken, battered, and bruised soul, God, we declare wholeness in their lives and healing in Jesus' mighty name. For every impoverished and lacked person, we declare provision now in Jesus' name. To everyone who is backed up against the Red Sea with Pharaoh closing in on them, God, we declare deliverance now in the name of Jesus. For every troubled mind, God, we declare peace above all peace in the name of Jesus. For you are the God of miracles, the God of which we we honor you and we exalt your holy name. If you're here this morning and your faith has wavered, you've given up hope in the things of God, you've given up hope that God will do what He said He would do, and there's doubt that has crept in into your life. You know, the Bible says that doubt is as sin unto God. Not sin of one of an egregious nature, but one that separates you from the hand of God. Uh, one that, that tears down uh, and ties down the hand of God from doing what God wants to do. That's why it says it's as sin because now you have taken my authority, my right, and my ability to intervene into your affairs. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you hadn't accepted Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins. This moment is for you. Maybe you have and you're backslidden and today you want to get it right. Today is your day. So I'm going to pray in a moment. I'm going to ask that you respond. Because there's some things Satan is trying to hold back from you. But God is trying to release to you. But it requires this moment for you. To make a connection with the kingdom of God, this is your moment, Father. Now, in the name of Jesus, I declare in this place that every hell-bound soul be loose now in the name of Jesus. I declare now every darkened soul be illuminated with your glorious light in the name of Jesus. If you're here and that's you this morning, real quickly. Shoot your hand in the air. You're making a decision to get right with Jesus. You're at your wit's end and doubt has crept into your heart. Lift your hand. Hope is gone in your life. Lift your hand. If that's you. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless you. I see you, ma'am. Anyone else would say, that's me this morning. Just slip your hand in there. I see you, ma'am. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we all stand quickly? For those who lifted your hand, our sanctuary host is going to give you a white card. Make sure you fill that card out. For whatever reason you lifted your hand for it, loss of hope, accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior, backslidden, coming back, whatever reason. Maybe you're just standing in need of prayer and you lifted your hand. Feel that card out, hand it back. I have one over here. Thank you, Lord. Maybe you're here today, you don't have a church home and the Spirit of God was speaking to you today. This moment has been set aside for you, this appeal is to you. Even for those of you online, you can just... Hashtag in the box below to let us know that you've been freed today. And you don't have a church home and you want to connect with Elevate Church. Spirit of the Lord has been speaking to you and want to make that connection. If that's you, slip your hand in there to be a part to join Elevate Church. Wave at me real big if that's you. God is calling you to connect today. Amen. Amen. you just excited, huh? Praise God. Amen. Amen. If you're here, that's you. Lift your hand in there and shout like Tina shouts. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand, clap of praise. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, we bless the wonderful name of the Lord as we prepare for our 1115 service. I want to pray for you guys, and also I would ask that you would exit out of the door, my right, your left, my left, your right. Uh, for those of you who are here for the first time, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you. I'll be to the left over here. Again, your right. So as we pray...